It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's get moving with Maria. Inspiration to spend a few minutes each day to get moving on the small things that can make a big difference in your life. Today I'm at Intermount Medical Center. I'm with Allie Spencer, who is the outpatient dietitian. And we have tips for you today, weight loss tips. So four tips to make your weight loss even better. So Allie, let's start out. And first of all, talk about, there's always some fad diet that's out there. I'm Like right now, I'm seeing paleo on Facebook and all sorts of diets like that. First of all, is there one diet that is better than another? No, there's not. So the thing is to keep in mind what most research has shown us is just about every single diet works. So you've got to choose what works best for you. But I really do encourage people to be cautious with these fad diets because paleo or ketogenic or Atkins or low carb, you know, they they can become really extreme and start eliminating food groups, which makes it hard to stick with long term. And the best diet for you to be on is one that you can maintain for long term because weight loss isn't six weeks. Weight loss is six months, is six years, is really the rest of your life. So how do we go about it? Give us some tips to be better at losing weight if that's what we want to do. Yeah. So number one, uh, what I tell people to do is work on awareness is we've got to be aware of what we're doing. Uh, we very much function in in an ideal world, right? That we think that we're eating a certain way or we do things a certain way and we get frustrated because it's like, well, I'm eating healthy and I'm exercising and I'm not losing weight. So the first thing is you've got to become really aware of what you're doing. And so I recommend keeping a log. Not necessarily that you have to count calories, you have to count carbohydrates, but keep a log of amounts of what you're doing. Are you eating breakfast? If so, what are you eating? If you're having a bowl of cereal, how big is your bowl of cereal? How much milk are you using? So that you can start identifying patterns. Are you skipping meals? Are you you having chocolate every afternoon as a snack? Are you having that, you thought that you weren't really drinking that much soda, but actually you're having a can of Coke every day, you know, so that you can start to identify some of those patterns and you can start to recognize, you know, what are your, what's your sleep like? Maybe you're not getting a lot of sleep. Maybe you're not moving as much as you thought you were. Maybe you're going to the gym 30 minutes a few times a week, but the rest of the day you are sitting all the time. You know, so that once we start uh, really becoming aware of what those habits are, then it helps us to identify where we need improvement, what we need to do going forward. I think a lot of people get started and think, oh, I'm going to, you know, fill my fridge with healthy vegetables and things, but then it becomes about amounts and how many fruits you're eating. Right, exactly. You know, as that's the thing is that there is such a thing as too much of a good thing, right? That we can sometimes go to the extremes and fruits, for example, are really great and really healthy for us, but they still have sugar in them. So if we're eating tons and tons and tons of fruit, it's not going to be, that's not going to be the best thing for us. You know, really, I would say vegetables are the only thing that you can eat and, <laughs> and not worry about gaining weight <laughs> and not worry about it. Right. But so that brings me to tip number two is increasing your balance. Right. And so we've got to think about how we're balancing our meals and what we're looking at that really, when it comes down to all foods, we divide them into three macronutrients. We've got protein, 
carbohydrates and fat. We're all familiar with those three macronutrients. Um, and so we wanna have that balance of those nutrients throughout the day. So anytime people are having a meal, I tell them to look for these three components. Protein, some sort of carbohydrate source, and some sort of color. And so when I say color, I mean fruit or vegetable. And so when you're thinking about having that balance, looking at your plate, do I have color? Do I have a protein source? Do I have a carbohydrate source? You know, so that you're getting that balance because we're gonna fill up on balance on a variety of foods. We're gonna feel more satisfied than if we just stick to one type of food. More and more people are going vegan. It, does the research show that really meat harms you significantly? Um, no. So, you know, there are a lot of benefits to going vegan. And I think a lot of the research that has been done around meat is in regards to cancer and in regards to heart health. And there is some research that shows that completely eliminating animal products from our diet can have significant benefits on our cardiovascular health, right? Especially with um, red meats, for example, we see increased risk to cardiovascular disease and to certain cancers, especially like colon cancer. And so reducing your intake of, of red meat and processed meat, I think is great for everybody. Um, but as far as some of our other lean animal proteins, you know, whether it's chicken or eggs or turkey or fish, there's actually a lot of really, a lot of good research that supports the inclusion of those types of foods in your diet. So it's back to balance. And if you do enjoy a steak every once in a while, that's not a problem when it comes to health. Right. No, exactly. Is that I would never tell somebody, oh, you can't have steak ever again. You know, that there are, there's still, there's tons of iron, there's tons of protein, there's lots of good nutrients in meat. Just we know that if we have steak too often, or if we're having a 16 ounce sirloin, that that's when we start going overboard. For those people who are eliminating, um, meat though they do still need that protein and what are the sources of protein because you still have to have something that actually fills you up too so what are some good sources of protein for vegan people yeah so for vegans um there are plenty of protein sources really where you're going to find that is from things like beans lentils so your legumes um from nuts from nut butters from seeds and from soy products so that's going to be something like tofu or tempeh or soybeans is where you're going to get all your protein sources. But again, there's balance because nuts can have, they're very high in calories. Yeah, no, you're exactly right, is that they have lots of calories in them because they're really rich in, in um, monounsaturated fats that are really good for our heart, but they have a lot of calories. So that's the thing is just keeping in mind, it's all about balance. Yep. Yeah. And your third tip. And my third tip is increasing consistency. So in, you know, I recommend that people eat every four to six hours. That's a, you can eat sooner than that, but that four to six hour window, if you haven't eaten in that, you know, greater than six hours, then you're bound to be hungry. We live in a very fast paced, active society. And so it's very easy for us to ignore hunger cues or to work through lunch or to skip breakfast because we don't have time. Um, and that leads to, leads to, inconsistencies in our blood sugars and it also leads to us getting too hungry. I never want, if you're trying to lose weight, if you're trying to be healthy, you never want to get to the point that you're too hungry because you don't make smart decisions when you're hungry. You know, so the thing is I tell people is try and be, um, you know, really consistent about when you're eating, but also be consistent about what you're eating. A lot of times we, you know, Monday through Friday is our reality. And then we forget about weekends, right? That it's like, oh, I do so great. I get three meals a day, Monday through Friday. And then Saturday hits. And then we're having brunch and we're having 
fruit juice and we're having snacks and we're staying up late or maybe we're drinking more alcohol. And so weekends can be radically different. And it does. Yeah, we gain everything back that we lost over the whole week. <laughs> yeah, we can do a lot of damage on the weekends. And so it doesn't mean that you they have to be exactly the same as the weekdays, but starting and looking at are you maintaining those healthy habits on the weekends as well? Okay, and your fourth tip. And my fourth tip is to do planning. You know, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And really that when we're thinking about being consistent, about being aware, about increasing our balance is we've got to plan for that. We need to have fruits and vegetables. We need to have lean proteins. We need to have whole grains. We need to have those things in our house and we need to know how to plan them, right? That if we're not planning, it's very easy to miss a meal. Right. If we haven't planned our breakfast and we are always time crunched in the morning, it's way easier just to run out the door. It's really easy to, if we're getting hungry in the afternoon, if we haven't ha- planned snacks, to say, ah, oh, man, I'm so hungry, and to go to the vending machine. You know, so once you're aware of what you're doing, then you can start to plan for those higher risk times of day and higher risk meals so that you have healthier options at those times so that when you find yourself in that situation, you already know what to do. So that when you're planning, you know, it doesn't mean you have to plan all your meals in advance, but you plan in advance and then it helps you with grocery shopping. It helps you with food prep. It reduces the time. And so it's something that really makes your life easier. Let me go back for just one second to timing. You talked about timing of meals. Is there research that shows, or is this a myth? I mean, we used to hear that if you are spacing your meals out so far that your body actually thinks that it's starving itself and then it will actually hang on to fat. Uh, yes and no. You know, whether or not that, there's not a certain number of hours where that cutoff happens where it's like, oh, it's been six and a half hours. <laughs> You're now entering in starvation mode. What we more so see with that kind of starvation mode is long periods of time. So, um, for example, if you were only eating one meal a day, that inconsistency, or for people that are significantly severely restricting their intake over a long period of time. So I wouldn't be necessarily so concerned about your body's metabolism shutting down about going, you know, stretching it out too far that way, unless it's like the whole day. Mm -hmm. Um, But more so just with our physiological need for food and that mental hunger and that physical hunger that happens. Um, There's some actually really interesting research that has shown us that if we get too hungry, the type of foods that we crave are the highest calorie dense foods possible. And everybody can relate to this when you get really hungry, what sounds good? Burger and fries. It's not the kale salad that you had, you know, that it's, I want ice cream. I want cookies. I want French fries. You want those really calorie dense foods. Cause that's something that, you know, if we think way back to our ancestors that were hunters and gatherers, that was a, a tool that was really valuable for them, you know, because food wasn't readily available. But to us, when food's readily available and we get too hungry and we want hot Cheetos or, you know, that that's, mm-hmm. It's hard to make those decisions, yeah. So how about the time of day that you eat? Is If you eat pretty close to bedtime, how big of an issue is that? It's not a huge issue. You know, that as far as timing goes, we've heard all the time, don't eat after 6 or don't eat after 7, and we have these certain cutoffs. I do recommend to people to not eat for an hour or two before bed just because eating does boost our metabolism a little bit. It gets blood flow going so it can interrupt our sleep patterns. Um, but as far as eating, you know, at 9.30, 10 o'clock at night, that's not an issue. Um, it's just tends to be those late night foods that we eat aren't always 
the healthiest foods. It tends to be, you know, it's the ice cream before bed, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's, and so that's the thing that a lot of people run into is that late night, our inhibitions tend to be reduced a little bit. It's been the whole day. And so sometimes we have larger portion sizes that we want. Um, that being said, that night eating, so eating in the middle of the night, we know isn't good for us and that we've seen uh, associations with weight gain and difficulty losing weight for people that do eat in the middle of the night. Okay, so any other tips that you have for people to be successful at weight loss? Um, I would say that really that tracking your intake is going to be the number one indicator of success, you know, of starting there and just be really honest with yourself. Um, one of the things I just like to point out is that physical activity is really good for helping you lose weight, but physical activity alone is not going to make you lose weight. And we fall into that fallacy a lot where we think, oh, if I just, I just have to start going to the gym. And so really thinking about exercise is more of a conjunctive therapy, so something that's going to help you instead of being the primary focus. Focus on what you're eating and how much you're eating. Yes, focus and balance and eat, eat more vegetables. <laughs> All right, Allie, thank you. Thank you.